Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Happy holidays and welcome to the witching hour. Yep, it's that hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. I've got a great guest for you today from all the way across the pond. I've got Rachel Patterson and her brand new book called A Witch for Every Season. It's beautiful. It goes beyond the Sabbaths, beyond the wheel of the year, um, giving you things for your area and just lots of magical things to do. But before we cross the pond and give you Rachel, my new best friend, we just met. Um, where's Patty? Where's Patty? I always have to look when I wake up in the morning. If you are watching this or listening to this, the week we first drop, which is Monday, December 19th, 2022, Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, whether it's Yule or Christmas or the solstice or Kwanzaa or, or Hanukkah or everything else that's in the middle. It's always about bringing back the light. So happy holidays to you or happy end of the year, even if that's all you celebrate. But if you are here now, where am I? I'm home. I am home in Los Angeles, getting a little R&R before I take off again. Um, but you can still join me. You could join me on Tuesday at my school at University Magicus. This week, it's a funny way to end the year, but I'm going to talk about kind of protection, protection magic, protection from dark arts or just everything that gets in the way of life. It is an odd thing to do on the solstice of the bringing of the light, but, you know, dark and light together, they go really well together. So do that. And of course, Wednesday night, get your popcorn, join me and my fun movie friends for the witches movie coven that's going to be live on my youtube page on my facebook and you guys join in you tell us what movies you like you tell us what movies we don't like we are very opinionated and they're not even the same opinions um so join um heather and jason and myself and richard lale and courtney for the witches movie coven grab your drink grab your wand because we always do wands up and wands down um for the witches movie con every wednesday at 6 p.m uh pacific 9 p.m eastern and while you're doing that you got to get your cloak right it's great big cloak blankie with the witches movie coven maybe you need a t-shirt maybe you need a witches coven mug for your hot cocoa or hot cider whatever you're drinking go to mystery control if you want some really fun merch me for the Witches Movie Coven, for Team Willow. You can get your whole next year's wardrobe. <laughs> and we get all matched. I love that. Um, so go to Witches Movie Coven. Um, go to pattynegri.com to find out about booking a reading. To sign up for my newsletter, I don't send very often, but when I do send them out, I always tell you where I'm going to be. Um, where I'm going to be appearing because I've got lots of travel coming up next year. The first thing up that you guys can go to is the beginning first week of March, I'm going to be at the Dark Waters Cruise, a paranormal cruise out of Florida to the Caribbean um, with all sorts of fun paranormal people. Check that out on my website and my social media. And speaking of social media, of course, please like me, follow me, subscribe, as everyone says. Patty Negri Psychic Medium on Instagram, finally verified. Patty, I mean, patty.negri on Instagram, finally verified. Patty Negri Psychic Medium, verified one on Facebook. Twitter, Patty Negri, not verified, but it's confusing. Twitter, and of course, 
TikTok. I have finally decided, yes, you guys keep asking, I'm going to start doing free readings once a week on TikTok. So make sure you find me on TikTok, like me. Um, I will announce on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter when I'm going to be there as soon as I figure it out. So join me for a free reading once a week. I'm joining my friends and doing it because so many of you asked and I'm not doing it on Facebook anymore, but we'll get them over there. So where's Patty? I'm talking fast and I'm sitting in the middle of Hollywood. But next week I will be in Las Vegas. If you are in Las Vegas or going to be close to there, um, I'm going to be seeing my close friend, Jeff Zell, the one making those fabulous videos for me at the Las Vegas Magic Theater. Next Monday, the 26th, day after Christmas, I will be there. He's going to be there all week, though. He's there this week. He's there next week. He's a really good magician. I just saw him at the Magic Castle. So if you're in or near or want to be near Las Vegas, um, go see Jeff. And if you're there next Monday, come see me. We, I might get there early and hang out with folks and do... A, just a mix and mingle Jeff wants to do. So that's where Patty is everywhere. <laughs>
Cute. Okay, now I feel bad that we, we don't have any uh, any Christmas uh, toys for Jonesy, but we have like 600 of those uh, pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, she's got she's got the toys. She's got the toys. Here you go. Go down. Okay, for this week's magic class, mid-December, we're going back to dragons. You guys know how much I love dragons, and I think dragons can change the world. Dragons can change your life. Dragons could be your secret ingredient to your magic, to your happiness, to your job, to your love life, to everything. Dragons, you say? Yep, they're everywhere, right? They're in every culture. The, the Chinese dragon, the Asian dragon, the medieval dragon. You know, look at Game of Thrones. Look at everything. Um, they've been around forever. They're very powerful. They sometimes get a bad rap, but everything powerful does. They say it's evil. It's not evil. It's just powerful. So use for good, use for not good. But everybody needs a dragon. Yep, you see me and my little plastic dragons. I really cannot tell you, and I cannot tell you how many, like A-list movie stars, have this little dragon sitting next to their bedside or on their altar or by their computer or kitchen table. But dragon energy is an energy. Whether you believe it's a fire-breathing beast not necessarily a little plastic thing. It's the energy of crossroads. Crossroads is where magic happens and things happen. Think about it. The angelic realm is up here. Angels are beautiful. They do two things. They enlighten and protect. They're dextral. They don't have a sinistral side. They can't even cause shift or change. They enlighten and protect. Two really good things. But dragons can fly from heaven to earth. And they live at those crossroads with shift and change. So get yourself a little dragon of any kind. It could be, you can get a fancy crystal one or a little statue. I've got all kinds. But I do like these little plastic ones. Just to remind you, this is just the vessel. The dragon might be 700 feet big and take over your whole house or apartment. But get yourself a little dragon. We're going to create a fetish. Not like tickle my foot fetish, but a fetish like in creating a real living entity and being out of an inanimate object. We do it all the time with the spirit of love, the spirit of thing, my lucky bamboo tree, my lucky doll, my whatever that is. So get yourself a little dragon. And it can't be just a tattoo or a necklace because you're going to have to feed your dragon. Your tattoo or your picture can represent the dragon you're creating, but get something tangible. Get yourself a little dragon. The first thing you're going to do is give your dragon a name. He, she, it, gender fluid, you figure it out. We're going to go with Puff because that's my favorite sample dragon name. You're Puff the Magic Dragon. You're going to give your dragon a job. In my experience of doing this for a long time, personal assistant is a really good job because who doesn't need a personal assistant? We all do. And that way every day it could do something different. I'm broke today. Um, I need a raise. I need a job. Have my, uh, I'm lonely today. Have my friend call. Whatever that is, I'm, I have a headache. Take it away. I have no energy. I need energy. So personal assistant is good. Give it a name. You're Puff the Magic Dragon. You're my personal assistant. You give me a long, happy life filled with joy and wonder and whatever it is you want. Because you are creating a real spirit, you do have to give it an end date, though. Not like of July 27th of 20s, but no. Until I pass from this life or until I don't want you or need you anymore. Because in the 7 million years, you don't want Puff to be Patty Negri's dragon. Patty Negri somebody else by then. I've gone off to be somebody else or off to the heavens or whatever we choose to do. Um, so we don't want him Patty Negri's. But so into through this life or until you don't want you and one day if you go oh, i'm so tired of dragon magic i get everything i want you throw them in the drawer 
the poor dragon doesn't have to fade away in the drawer. It just dissipates back into the nothingness of the universe. So puff the magic dragon. Give me a long, happy life until I pass or till I don't want you. You're going to breathe life into your dragon as in every great creation story. Your breath, your pneuma, your life force. The moisture in your breath, your free will. Breathe into your dragon. You are creating the beautiful spirit of dragon, your protector dragon. Now, you had to put your dragon somewhere that you remember to see it and talk to it every day. It is not like your spirit guide. It is not going to lead you here. You have to tell it what to do. It's your worker bee dragon. Um, so whether it's by your bed or on your altar or by your kitchen table or by your computer, but you do have to feed your dragon. And it doesn't eat. I don't mean food, but I mean liquid. Mine drink whiskey, sometimes vodka. They're dragons after all. But we don't have drinking issues in my home. If anybody doesn't drink, you wouldn't give it alcohol. Give it water is most common. Um, and believe me, your dragons will drink a lot more when they are working harder. And you'll go, how is that? It's magic. It's the magic of dragon. Um, and so every day, hi, dragon. I'm, I'm nervous today. Take away my nerves. I'm nervous today. You make me brave to ask for that raise. Dragon, I'm whatever. And their whole job is, and their whole purpose of life is to serve you. So don't be afraid to ask your dragon things. So you're going to give it its liquid every day. And you will notice that it does drink faster when it's working harder. Now, of course, a skeptic will say, that's evaporation. Nope, I had three of the exact same liquids in three of the exact same, the, the bottle, the top off a little bottle of water works great, the water you carry around. A little bottle off one of your old oil bottles or water bottles works great. A bottle off any kind of a little lid works wonderful. Um, but I had three liquids, one dragon drank it in an hour, one in a day and one in a week. Evaporation doesn't work that way. So you're going to give it a name every day. Now, since I've been teaching people dragons, they've stopped health issues. They've stopped abusive relationships. Um, one girl, she she was abused a certain way. She told her dragon she didn't like. She No, she didn't tell her dragon. She charged her dragon. She went home. Her husband did it again. And then she realized she hadn't told her dragon. She told her dragon he's never done it again, ever ever but you have to tell your dragon um i think my most famous one which my most proud because it's just so silly is i live i'm an la girl la dodgers a few years back now we're doing really good i'm going to make up the numbers but exaggerate they won like 20 games in a row and then sports illustrated did a story on them dodgers best team ever and they tanked they lost like 20 games in a row of making that. And all the Dodgers and these sports people were like, it's the curse. It's the Sports Illustrated curse. Sports people use the word superstitious versus spiritual or magic or whatever. Super, it's the superstitious. So somewhere along the line, not that there's a real Sports Illustrated curse, but something went, an athlete went bad, a team went bad, and then we create, as in most curses, it ourselves. So now there's this Sports Illustrated curse. So I am sitting there with sports people, not people who see a medium or a witch or a psychic or go to, we are chanting, we did my lemon on crossing spell, I'm with Fred Rogan, those uh, Rodney Feet, Rick the Bit, LA Talk Radio people, and we charged a blue Dodger, a blue Dodger dragon, dragon here, dragon now, and they, won. they got to the playoffs that year and won the World Series the next year. Um, sports people. Um, we actually made LA News, which was kind of fun and cool, but no, we made ESPN National News of these 
crazy sports people chanting and singing to a plastic dragon and it worked. So dragons work. My most magical experience of this, well, there's a million of them, but the most magical is um, if you travel, you could take your dragon with you to anybody else. It's your kid's toy or whatever in the, your pocket or purse and you feed it from whatever, or you could leave it home. You could leave it home and say, you're not going to eat this week or drink this week. It's it's not going to starve. I promise. It's symbolic. It's like lighting a candle in church or temple. If you, You're not going to eat this week, but keep my house safe while we're gone. Keep me safe. This one girl said, keep my family safe at home, and I'm going to Vegas with my girlfriends. Um, keep us safe. They were at this Vegas concert week, and the first day of the concert went great. Second day, they were at this concert. She grabbed her two girlfriends, and she said, my dragon said we had to leave right now. And her girlfriends are like, are you crazy? We're not, with what we paid for these tickets, with whoever is on stage right now, you have a dragon, we're not leaving. She had to literally almost drag them away. Moments later, that horrible massacre at Mandalay Bay happened right where they were standing. That's the power of dragon. She said, my dragon had a voice, had a literal voice. It said, leave now. So she thinks the dragon saved her life, at least saved her from getting shot. So your dragon will have as much power as you give it. Now, your dragon might have an outside voice. Leave now. Turn left here. Call your mother. It might have an inside voice. I should call. Turn left here. Call my mother. It's however you create it. But you are creating a beautiful crossroads, magical spirit of dragon. So for the holidays, whether you call it your Hanukkah gift, your Christmas gift, your Yule gift, your New Year's gift, or just because I need a new dragon, dragon. Start the New Year's right. Find yourself a dragon. They're the most powerful magic I've ever seen. And you can do it. Everybody can do it. Go feed your dragon. This week I have some very, very special magic from all the way across the pond. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest, Rachel Patterson um, from Hampshire, England. She's also known as the Kitchen Witch. She's a high priestess of the Kitchen Witch Coven and elder in the Inline Kitchen Witch School of Natural Witchcraft. She's the author of over 20 books on witchcraft and a regular contributor to Pagan Down, Witchcraft and Wicca, as well as website... Ah, websites, Pathos Pregnant, not pregnant. You're not pregnant. I'm going to leave it at that. You write for all sorts of people. And this beautiful new book called A Witch for Every Season. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on my show. My pleasure. It's lovely to be invited. Thank you. You know, and, and I just now learned that you both have a dachshund and you have a drummer husband, just like me. So you can hardly tell us apart. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, so tell us a little bit about about your new book, Which for Every Season. Is, it, is this following the wheel of the year? Is this going deeper? What is this? Sort of. <laughs> uh, I I fell off the wheel some time ago. Uh, I I think probably like most witches, one of the first things I learned was the wheel of the year and the sabbats uh, that help us turn through the seasons through the wheel of the year and I learned the names and I learned all of the correspondences mostly <laughs> I forgot them quite a lot and then I realized that these dates on the calendar weren't 
in tune with the seasons or the weather or what was happening in my local area. And because I teach as well, I, my students were finding where they were in different parts of the world, it wasn't synchronizing with their areas either. So although I have included the Sabbath, because I think the Wheel of the Year is a brilliant structure to work from, um, I, what I've encouraged people to do is work with folklore, folk traditions, celebrations, holidays of all kinds and work it into your own pagan pathway really as a way of connecting with mother nature and the seasons but making it work for you. I love that. I, I think that is beautiful. It is true because I work a lot with um, in Australia and they're completely opposite. Yeah. So they're holiday time whether you call it Yule or Christmas or anything else, it's, it's summer. It's, yeah. it's not the dark time. When we're so traditionally, you go into the dark time, I guess it doesn't matter what time. It's by the weather and the season. I think that's brilliant. Um, so how did you follow? I always like to know about people and how they got to who they are. Tell us, how did you find your path, your pagan path? And then we'll get into the kitcheny stuff too. <laughs> I probably started when I was born because I was born on the 31st of October. <laughs> so it was probably fated from the start. Dragons, I loved witch stories, Merlin, all of the whole mystical world as a child. And then, oh gosh, probably over 30 years ago now, that's scary to think about. <laughs> I found a book in a thrift charity store and it was the history of witchcraft. Not written by a witch, but by a historian. And it, it was pence, it was really cheap. And I thought, oh, that looks interesting. Took it home, read it, felt like I'd come home. It made so much sense to me. And from that point, I mean, I'm talking pre-internet here, so I had to find whatever books I could get my hands on. There weren't websites or anything in those days. And that was it really. I, I did feel like I'd come home and felt like I was remembering a lot of things rather than learning them. Uh, and that's, my journey is obviously twisted and turned like most people's do, but that was the start of it. Yeah, okay. Just over 30 years ago now. We are the same person. I'm <laughs> No, me too. I would be in my little suburban Los Angeles garden picking herbs and knowing what to do with them and where to put them in my mom's purse and things like that. So it was yeah. like remembering things and not even knowing that how I or where I knew them. And yeah. I wasn't didn't have any kind of a path. And when I started becoming a seeker and I saw the pagan path, it's like, oh, oh, this is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I know this book is about seasons and spells and rituals, and we're going to definitely get into that. But so much about, and you've written 20 books. That amazes me. Um, <laughs> good. But so, but a lot of it is we're tending towards kitchen. So where'd the kitchen witch come from? And what does that mean to you? I have always loved cooking. Uh, I grew up, my mother and my father are both good cooks. So I grew up in a household where food was big. <laughs> So I've always loved cooking. I specifically love baking. Baking is my therapy. It's my escape. But I realized quite early on as well in my pagan pathway that we work with herbs for magical purpose. We work with plants for magical purpose. Well, ingredients that you use in the kitchen 
are still plants, they're still ingredients. So whether it is your pasta or your chocolate or whatever it might be that you use in baking, cooking, making the dinner, that's all got magical properties as well. So you can work magic with that. So the kitchen is my sanctuary, along with my little garden. My kitchen is my sanctuary. So yeah, it made sense to work magic while I was cooking the dinner or when I'm baking something. It, it kind of naturally flowed, I guess. So, and I think from the kitchen witch point of view, I use what's to hand. I don't buy lots of expensive tools or ingredients. I use what I've got, whether I work magic with a casserole dish or a wooden spoon or whatever's to hand. So I make do. And to me, that's part of kitchen witchery as well. Me too, because so much is bent on intent and what you're putting into that. Ah. Um, do you have a specific uh, pantheon yourself? Your your path is it? I started with the Celtic pantheon. One of the first books I think it was that I read said, "Oh, pick a pantheon," and I thought, mm, "Okay, well, I live in England, so I'll go with Celtic." And I've worked with a few, and I've worked outside of that as well. Always open. So whoever might come knocking on my door for me. But in the last few years, it really has honed down to English deities, even tighter than the Celtic pantheon, down to England and the deities that were here, the ancient ones that were here before the Romans even arrived. There's not a lot known about most of them. And it's been a struggle finding information, but that's, kind of where my pathways led me to at the moment lots of research <laughs> that is beautiful and as far as what your, your spiritual tradition it sounds like you're sort of inventing your own in a way right if you're in, got your own wheel of the year going. <laughs> <laughs> I never have been good at following rules <laughs> I, I started in Wicca I started in Wicca really because that's all the books that I could get hold of were, were mostly centered around Wicca. So I did my training, I did my three degrees and I earned my high priestess title. And it was brilliant for the structure of learning because I quite like to have that structure in place. But quite early on, I found myself wandering off <laughs> into hedge witchcraft and a bit of druidry thrown in and all the different folk magic is really where I've ended up because that makes so much more sense to me. But I had that structure in the beginning, which has given me uh, a good grounding, really a good base. But yeah, I, I pick and mix <laughs> to make my path make my own. Like I said, same person, we are good. <laughs> it's like a big old stew, a little bit yeah. of trad craft, a little bit. Um, um, but so, so we're, like, are, are you real, since you're English and you're going a lot of that pantheon and thing, are you very elemental in your work? You know? Yeah, I think I've always worked with the elements like a, a lot of witches do. They are the base of most things, aren't they? Uh, and particularly, I guess, where I love gardening and I love cooking, you've got the four elements there. Yeah. <laughs> in both of those places so yeah absolutely and I love uh dragons as well which kind of come into it um yeah definitely so what do you think do you know in this like this crazy world that we're in like you know I mean, <laughs> the world's always been crazy I think it just hasn't been 24 7 in front of your face mm -hmm. crazy like it mm -hmm. is now and and there does seem to be a resurgence of 
people discovering the craft and things. Do you have, do you think there's a reason for that or is it just because it's crazy and whatever is not holding up for them? Or you think we're being kind of led to this more? Uh, I hope we're being led. <laughs> it is chaos, isn't it? And, but I, as I understand from the latest census figures, paganism is growing hugely which is brilliant. And I think it is, we're, we're reconnecting with nature. We're realizing that we've done an awful lot of damage to mother earth and we need to do something about it. And we need to do something about it pretty quick. So yeah. I am hoping it is that realization that, that people need to help themselves really by helping mother earth. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, same for, I agree wholeheartedly because people who were like, not even particularly our path, because like I work very much in that paranormal world, the ghosty world, mm -hmm. which they do or don't have a belief system. I work a lot of in the medium world with people who are psychics and mediums and crystal workers, but not necessarily a mm -hmm. pagan path. Yeah. People like that are like, I saw a gnome. It's real. I saw a fairy. <laughs> They're so shocked. They're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. And I do, I think it's to put our focus back on, like you said, our planet <laughs> quickly mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. Looking up there at aliens are great. Angels are great. Whatever is great. No, pull it back. Pull yeah. it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, 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 um, what made you write, what made you write your first book? I can't, I'm blown away that you're 20. I've, I've got, I've written in parts of people, but 20. Oh, God, you're good. What made you even go? I'm going to write a book. Uh, it was, where are we now? 10 years ago. Oh, time goes, doesn't it? I don't, you blink and it's gone. I saw on social media that a publisher, Moon Books, was looking for book suggestions for a new series they were doing. And I suggested Kitchen Witchcraft. And the mm. editor came back to me and said, brilliant idea. Will you write it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> never written a book I'd written a few magazine articles before but the idea of writing a book had never occurred to me so I did and uh, yeah that was the beginning really <laughs> and it hasn't stopped you can't you shut me up basically. That, that is beautiful <laughs> um again and I'm looking through this looks it's it's so beautiful everybody you have to get this the artwork is lovely on the front. I had absolutely nothing to do with that. That was Llewellyn that did that. The artwork's lovely. Yes, it's a beautiful Llewellyn book. I love Llewellyn. I work with lots and lots of Llewellyn. I get beautiful books from Llewellyn. Um, so if, if somebody, okay, I lo a lot of new like people just discovering their path and don't even know what they're like, like baby witches are coming into and they're like okay I need something in my life and I'm kind of being led here um do you have any favorite areas of if somebody should start out with or like to discover their path or to just start a practice of some sort what would you suggest to somebody just going this is new I'm going to go buy your book but what do I do <laughs> <laughs> I think probably the standard answer that most of a more experienced witches will say is get outside and connect with nature. Uh, that's where the source is. That's where the energy is. I, I am an animist, so I believe that everything has an energy, whether it is the herb in your garden, the pot plant in your front room, um, even even you know a stone, a pebble, a shell. 
the food mixer in your kitchen <laughs> i think it's all got a spirit it's all got an energy and you can connect with that to see what magic you can work with it so that connection i think is probably easiest done to start off with when you're outside with the living plants the living trees uh, and read everything you can get hold of watch everything you can get a hold of seek out like-minded people now that we have the internet Oh, and it's it's all there, isn't it? It's so much easier these days than trying to find the odd book at the back of the library that's hidden in the tiny occult section. It's all there now, and this you can make connections with like-minded people so much easier. Just, I don't know yeah. what I did. Yeah, I don't know what I did before before the God Google or the <laughs> Goddess Siri. <laughs> I have the answer to everything. everything. <laughs> What day is it? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think it has, isn't it? The internet has, particularly, I think, with the whole pandemic as well, it opened up so much. It opened up the world. Uh, we have, I have connections. Well, you're on the other side of the globe from me. And it's amazing to be able to chat. And I think if you are learning as well, you can. There's so many resources out there that are all online now. It's amazing. Yeah, it is beautiful. So take advantage. Everybody is who's watching yep. this or listening to this is because they are sitting on the internet right now. Um, how has the craft changed? So you've been in it a long time, as have I. How is how do you feel the craft has changed since you started, or has it? I think it has opened up. I am sure you probably feel the same. Originally, there was quite a lot of secrecy and keeping things behind closed doors. And, oh, you know, ooh, there's, you shouldn't be writing about that. You shouldn't be putting that out there. I think it has opened up an awful lot. And I think that's a good thing. I think it makes people perhaps find it more acceptable that don't understand much about it. Uh, and I think it has, people are more accepting of if you want to bend the rules or change the rules or make things your own. I think people do seem to be more accepting of that now. I see your baby. <laughs> it's a pile of blankets. It's a pile of blankets. Hello. <laughs> For everybody who's just listening to this, there's a pile of blankets moving right next to Rachel. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> ah, yeah, I do. I think it's opened up and it's it's become not a scary, weird thing. Plus, I think it you don't have to follow the rules so much because that's what when I got like going back way back in the 80s and there was the first I remember Long Beach Women's Spirit and it was very Wiccan, very goddess oriented. And almost yeah. the god was left out. It was like the pendulum had to swing and it and yeah. it will ever keep swinging and 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 now it's like a beautiful free-for-all in so many yeah. ways and and i personally i'm happy i don't mind you know i've seen it both ways that it's it, it's become a thing like sephora makeup has a witchcraft line or what my friend has vampire cosmetics and people like oh is it degrading our belief no it isn't it might be waking up some little 13 year old who has to have goddess lipstick yes how can yeah. that be bad or yeah. you know or how it's represented in the media since i'm in the media world television and it, you know witches aren't all bad anymore you know some of them are but it's 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 changing it's good yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. 
So how is the craft, besides that you have a drummer husband and a beautiful dachshund, I guess I'm not going to relate those to the craft, but how has the craft changed your life or made your life better since deciding this path, or has it? Oh, I think it is a life-changing experience, isn't it? It's definitely one of self-discovery. Whenever you're working with the craft, it does take you on a journey, and I have learned so much about myself I have learned my <laughs> I've learned my shadow parts that I don't like quite so much. <laughs> and I have learned how to deal with them better. Maybe a little bit of age comes with that as well, a bit of wisdom. But yeah, it definitely has changed me completely from the person that I was all for the better. Uh, because it is I know my faith is paganism and my practice is witchcraft, but I kind of see it as the same thing. I am a witch 24 seven, whatever I'm doing, I work my witchcraft into it. And it has made my life better for me, better for my family, better for those people that I interact with. Hopefully <laughs> I'm not quite so fiery and, and reactionary as I used to be. I do stop and think about things now. Uh, so yeah, life changing, absolutely. And it has made me a better person, I think anyway. Yeah. I think, <laughs> uh, no, um, I agree. I think it's it's because it's it's so it's an empowering belief system. Whatever it is, yes. not because yes. what we tell you to out of fear or control or anything like that. It's like no, we're taking responsibility here, and that was what I needed. I wasn't the too fiery of a person. Whatever I was, the hidden out person with, and and now oh wait no, I have an opinion. I have a thought. I get to make choice. I do this, it does that. Nobody else is going to forgive me, nobody else. So yeah, it's for all of you newbies out there, it's, it is life-changing. It can be life-changing yeah. if that's how so you are led for your path. I think you said responsibility then, and I think that is a key one for me. It is about taking responsibility mm. for what you do, what you put out there. Uh, how you treat yourself, how you treat others. Responsibility is a, is a key thing for me when you work in the craft. Yeah, yeah, completely. Especially if you're doing, if you're practicing the craft mm -hmm. of witchcraft, not just worshiping or deities or wheel of the year or anything like that. If you are doing the craft, you're changing fate. You take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Which absolutely. Is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> So in going back to the wheel of the year and the season, and you are wearing this fabulous Yule tree sweater <laughs> or Christmas tree or whatever you want to call it, word you use. So do you, even though you've moved them around to fit the seasons, do you still follow the wheel of the year or the? I do loosely. Yes. I, I, uh, I love this time of the year. This is my favorite season. I love the energy. I love the buildup. Forget the commercialism side of it. I'm looking at the whole excitement of the season. So I love the weeks building up to it. And because I don't just work with the sap, if I work with the sap, I don't work with it on the day. I kind of extend it. So I work from one Sabbath rolling into the next one. So I spread it over a few weeks. So leading up to the winter solstice now, it is that excitement. It's that energy. And you can work your magic in tune with that and ride that wave of energy, which I think is why I love this. I've never lost that magic that it had for me as a child. I've still got that, which I'm truly thankful for. <laughs> and then I kind of wind down and it flows into the next one. So yeah, it is riding the waves. 
of the seasons and the sabbats and connecting yeah. with those and I, again, me too. And I haven't lose, lost the enthusiasm. I get because we live it, we feel it, we be it versus look at it. So it's yes, that way. So now that we are at a crossroads of the world, we are at Yule, we are at, is there something specific um, ritual or practice that you are doing for? I am the only pagan in my family, uh, but my family all love Christmas. So we do the Christmas thing. Then my family aren't religious. We do the family thing. So it is about spending time with family. There's a lot of food involved as well, <laughs> like there should be. But for me, it is connecting with that, that build-up of energy. And then I can tap into that. And it makes me feel better and then makes me feel happier. And you can kind of spread it around. I do have rituals, actually, in the book for every month. So rather than split it, into just seasons or just sabbats i break it down into months so for each of the months i'll work a specific ritual dependent on what the energy of each month is or i'll work spells dependent on the energy of what month it is each month has its own magical energies and you can tap into and work specific things for so sometimes i even break it down into weeks or days i'll connect with the energy of the day or the First thing in the morning, I let the dog out. <laughs> so, yeah, I stand in the garden while the dog's, you know, sniffing every pebble and every plant. And I connect with the energy of the day. And then that kind of extends to the energy of the week. And I'll get a feel for, oh, yeah, we're just heading into whatever it might be now. I'll change my altar. Or I might work, oh, I'll work that magic today it for me connection is the key connecting to the area that you are in the land that you live on the energy of the day the energy of the week the energy around you which is why I like to bring folklore and folk traditions for your local area into it because it's all about bringing that connection to where you are in the world and that's quite important to me and I agree wholeheartedly. Find find everything that goes with where you live. Now I have I've a bunch of my friends and listeners are going, well, I don't live in the English countryside, or even I live in Hollywood, but I've got a big old yard and live in the hills. What if I live in New York City or Chicago? You still can find nature. As yeah, anything, they're going, well, I can't have this path. I don't know. I live in Detroit. <laughs> I live on the edge of a city. I am, I, yeah, I'm in a terraced house, little tiny garden on the edge of quite a big city, but you can still find nature. Well, you can still find energy. Even a big concrete car park is still going to have energy. And the land underneath where your house is, is going to have energy. It, it'll have history and energy to it. It's all about tapping into that and making a connection with it. Yeah. And even the most concrete of cities, there's trees. I've seen them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's um, always a weed growing through the crack in the pavement, wherever you are. <laughs> beautiful, sacred weed. Yes, indeed, there yeah. is. So other, I won't make you do a December thing as we're ending December. And we are going to, whether anybody's celebrating Yule, Christmas, Kwanzaa, I got, um, Hanukkah, all of the above. Do you, is there anything specific that you do or recommend for going into the new year? Of this, our count, not the Samhain, your birthday new year, as is the <laughs> world of the year, but January new year, going into the a calendar new year. New year. <laughs> calendar new year. 
Uh, what I did find <clears throat> when I was researching the book, uh, I tapped into and researched my area and my country for traditions, folk traditions, holidays, celebrations. I could not believe how many saints days there are. <laughs> There's so many of them, it's unreal. But if you think about all of these traditions and you look at the traditions in your area, you'll often find that even the saints days have pagan origins or they have elements of them that you can bring into your paganism. If you are, I mean, I have friends that are Christian witches. I have friends that are Jewish witches. You can bring those celebrations into your witchcraft, into your paganism and make them work for you. Uh, so there are lots. I mean, the, you mentioned being in England. The actual Wheel of the Year that we are familiar with was created by two English guys who were sitting in the middle of England. So it is kind of designed for our seasons and our you know, local areas. So I think it makes sense to make it more personal to where to where you are. Makes sense to me anyway. Yeah, it makes sense to me too. Anyway, I could go for days. I can't wait to read this and I'll have more. You guys, check out this book. But before we go, Rachel, tell everybody where they can learn more about you, about your school. You too have a school. Um, where can they find you online, on the website, on social media, find your books? <laughs> want to know. <laughs> My website uh, is probably the easiest place to start, rachelpatterson.co.uk. I run the school from kitchenwitchhearth.net, but you can find links to everything from my website. I have a YouTube channel where I have recordings of weekly chats that I do. I do live weekly chats as well. I run courses. I run the online school. Uh, we're always do, oh, we do online rituals as well. Um, lots of stuff basically but you can find all the links from my website and details about all of my books as well from there okay well you guys definitely check her out my new counterpart <laughs> on the other side of the pound um rachel patterson you guys check out her new book which for every season but she's got 20 others in case you need some more reading for the new year um thank you so much rachel for coming to the witching hour and bringing your magic your beauty my thank absolute you. pleasure <laughs>